Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and myself, Jonas Knox. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, grooving, man. It's good stuff here, Brady Quinn. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. No LeVar Arrington. He will be back on the air with us tomorrow here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app, and you can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are, making us a part of your Wednesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We'll take you all the way up through the end of the hour, 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. Uh, And I would like to uh, just apologize. Uh, We threw out, uh, you know, how cold is it where you're at? And it is, uh, uh, there's some balmy temperatures across the country <laughs> minus 17 in minnesota in certain parts yeah, uh yeah. yeah it's um you know listen i apologize i had no idea i didn't know it was that uh it was that did you bad forget it was there. january i Were did you living i in just, a bubble there in thousand oaks california listen, uh, you know, in I, sherman oaks? I mean, we've got our own problems you know i, I was uh yeah, you know yeah. working out uh, earlier and it was in the 40s so i felt like you know it was like uh, i was in a, the iditarod yeah. and then you know people yeah. are sending over stuff in minnesota but wherever you are be yeah. safe out there we appreciate you hanging out with us here uh and, and love hearing from uh, all anybody listening across the country on uh, all of those affiliates that we mention uh, every single morning uh can i just give a um, uh, little piece of uh, you know recommendation uh, to uh, to any candidate here. I just just want to mention this. So the Bears uh, made Ryan Poles uh, their uh, their general manager, general manager yeah. um, which is is weird. They went from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. No, kind of kind of odd. I mean, because they're both named Ryan. Do you think that actually was something they talked about in the discussion of hiring him? Like, all right, uh, there is one glaringly obvious thing. Um, he we've sounds, got two general managers yeah. now with the name Ryan. Like, can we polls pace? It's not that far off. What do we think? No go, or are we going? With this? Yeah, like, is there because of how bad things went with Ryan Pace? Did that sort of deter them, and maybe it took longer to convince themselves? It's like uh, one of the things that was thrown out there is that the Houston Texans uh, didn't want to draft Derek Carr because of how bad it went with David Carr, which is crazy to think that. Well, it's just his brother, but you know, they just it reminded them of bad memories. So maybe the Bears are like, look, we got to make sure we do our due diligence and uh, interview a bunch of guys. But he ends up getting the gig. He's thirty-six years old, I believe. Uh, he was actually. A an offensive lineman with them yeah. back in uh, 2008. So, you know, maybe he'll actually make that a priority unlike uh, the previous general manager. But um, I would just say this. If you're one of the uh, candidates like Matt Eberflus or Dan Quinn, uh, you know, th- I, I personally would like to see Dan Quinn get the job. I've got a really good track record with Quinns. Uh, so I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like that would be the, uh, that would be the way to go. Um, if you're one of those guys, the first thing you do is you walk in and you make a comment about this being the anniversary of when the Bears won the Super Bowl. All right, that's the first thing you do. Super Bowl twenty, uh, you, you, that, that is the conversation you want to have with them. Bring up some good memories. You kiss their ass a little bit, and maybe that gives you a little bit of a uh, you know a head start or a little bit of a lead in the uh, final interview process. You're Just a saying, Bears man. Fan. Not me. Is 36 years old. Yeah, yeah, you grew up a Bears fan, oh, right? Whatever. Yeah, Monmouth, yeah. Illinois, wider, blah, that, that's blah, a good, blah. Did I mention that before? That uh, Monmouth, Illinois, that's where I got family from. The, the, you know? the point is this. Does it not concern you 
<clears throat> that after going from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, you're now going to a guy who, even though they were successful with the, what they were able to build in Kansas City, and he was a part of that, he's 36 years old. Uh, any concerns with that whatsoever? Um, it's pretty young. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's pretty, I mean, considering um, he's leading the interview process, just, you know, specifically like Dan Quinn. You know, Dan Quinn's right. been known as like a really energetic guy, really good guy. Also, I met Dan Quinn once at a Super Bowl years ago. He could not have been a nicer guy. He was super cool. Yeah. But he's 15 years older than this guy. Like, that right. that does feel a little odd that, that I'm having to, you know, audition <laughs> for a job with somebody 15 years younger, you know? Well, yeah, anytime someone could be your dad. That uh, you know you're you're interviewing them for a job. It, it, it is. It's a little odd, odd right? Like it it's is. like the guy's looking at you. He's thinking, uh, "You could be my kid. I've experienced a lot more than you." Like I, you know, we both have kids. You, my daughter, who's my eldest, who's five and a half. I look at her and she'll look at me and I'm like, Dad, how do you know that? I'm like, Well, Dad's been around on on planet Earth a little bit longer than you, you know. <laughs> and and there's got to be a little bit of that feeling when you're sitting down interviewing and you're looking at a guy across from you who not only do you have to work with intricately, but you're, there's going to be some wisdom and some things you just generally have experienced more of, you know, in the years that you've been on this planet as a human being. I just that has to come across. Dan Quinn's mind, or, or really Jim Caldwell, who's also another hot name for this, who, you know, I think Detroit might be kicking themselves for parting ways with him, considering what's been, you know, a revolving door since he was there. So if it's Jim Caldwell, I think it might be an interesting mix and match. A guy who's, you know, older, who's, you know, coached for a long time in the league, has some wisdom to bring, but that has to be a reservation uh, on the side of even a head coaching candidate. I mean, Dan Quinn's a hot name who you talked about. What else if he has multiple offers and now he's picked yeah. between the Bears and someone else? And part of that conversation is going to be, do I want to work with a guy who's doing this for the first time in an organization that hasn't had a great track record for success? And, oh, by the way, I've got another option that you know, may make more sense that has a better roster. I, just, I feel like there's some things that work against them when you go to hire a general manager first and it's a guy that it's his first time doing it. And, and sometimes that's the case for these guys but especially one that's as young as Ryan Poles. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to hit it out of the park. Andrew Barry's young with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. He does a good job, but there's a thought there, too, that Paul DePodesta is really the one behind you know, closed doors pulling the strings. Oh, so. yeah, look at that little, uh, little baseball, Paul DePodesta baseball yeah, Good luck with that. Mets, uh, from the uh, New York Mets. How about that? Yeah, that, uh, that was Roberto, by the way, who yeah. was a little upset about how things worked yeah. out. Here, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't, uh, look, I, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Uh, but I will I will say this. Um, there is also reports that the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the verge of making uh, their next head coaching decision. Uh, Byron Leftwich uh, is reportedly uh, the leading candidate there. So, um, so, Byron Leftwich, uh, have fun. Bring a snorkel. You can swim in the pools uh, at the stadium uh, while you're there. Have a good time with that. Uh, so that'll be a, a good conversation to have at some point. Uh, but we don't have that in confirmation on that, so we're still waiting around. Look, we, we talked to Albert Breer about it last week. Nobody's made a hire yet. Uh, it seems like it's taken a long time. And I don't know if there's some sort of, you know, the NFL telling these teams, hey, take as long as you want. Let, let's space this stuff out. You know, drop some of this news on a Wednesday or a Thursday so we can hijack Friday and Monday when we're covering games. But let's just t- take your time on some of this stuff. It just it feels like this has taken a lot longer for somebody to be named a head coach than it has in years past. I don't know. I don't I don't seem to recall being uh, this long that it would take for teams to, to make the call on that. But 
Um, one guy that did make the call and another head coaching opening uh, that popped up, uh, Sean Payton, is out in New Orleans. He is gone. Uh, rumblings about who's going to take over the job there. Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, he also had an interview uh, scheduled for Chicago. Um, he canceled it because, quote, unquote, He was spending time with Sean Payton because he was saying goodbye to everybody, which is code for I'd rather stay in New Orleans and take the Bears job. Can you guys just keep me here? I don't want to have to make the trip. So there's that. Uh, But uh, Sean Payton is gone. The Saints are looking for a new new head coach. And then Sean Payton talked about what could be next for him in his career. My plans are not to be coaching in 2022. That's just how I feel. I'd like to try TV. And I've had some opportunities. I talked to Drew a little bit about it last night. I don't, I don't know that part of it that well, but that'd be something that would interest me. And so I think the hardest part is sitting in your chair saying, wait a minute, you haven't talked with a network yet. You haven't talked with, like, not a word. Hopefully that opportunity comes. All right, so uh, Brady Quinn, uh, Sean Payton throwing his uh, name in the hat out there. You know, I'd like to do TV, and uh, you have called this for a couple of days on the show. That would be a home run hire, correct, for uh, any network out there? It would be a home run hire. However, there's there's other news out there right now that you know ESPN is courting Al Michaels, and because of that, you know, you'd think, okay, they're, if they're courting Al Michaels, they they want him to come do Monday Night Football. You'd think that he'd want to bring Chris Collinsworth with him and not have to start over again with a new uh, analyst and, and deal with that. So if that ends up being the case, you then you, you look at the fact that it'd be Tariko, he would be moving up along with Drew Brees into the Sunday Night Football booth. Would they want Sean Payton to be a part of that? You know, would you want to do a three-man booth? Maybe NBC would get involved. With all this going on, too, with Sean Payton, look, maybe Al Michaels and Sean Payton would be a good fit uh, on Monday Night Football if, indeed, ESPN could get the services of Al Michaels and could make that kind of trade or whatever you want to call it work. So there's that element of it. Uh, I think Fox and CBS, obviously, would, would be in the running to get his services. The real question becomes, does he want to do games or does he want to do studio? Yeah, games is a much more intricate, um, you know, scenario as far as there's a lot more time invested into it. That might appeal to him as far as how he prepares and what he does. And I think he'd be fantastic, and it'd be great for the viewers to listen to a, a coach out there talk about in-game thought process, game management, decisions, all that stuff. How you're coaching guys, et cetera, adjustments to make. That'd be fantastic. But there's also a thought where if he's just going to do this for a year, you don't want to bump someone out of a number one booth or force, for example, Drew Brees, who obviously is on a trajectory to be on Sunday Night Football. You don't want to have one of those guys have to deal with that for a year. And then he goes on back into coaching. You know, it's an easier in and out if you just have him a part of a studio set. Similar to what you know, Rob Gronkowski did, who was retired for a little bit, worked with Fox yeah. in their studio, and then jumped back into playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I, I would see more of a in-studio scenario uh, where Sean Payton does it, if indeed he doesn't feel like he's done coaching and just wants to take some time off, but still be visible. That makes more sense to me. And look, and there's been other examples. Obviously, Gruden stepped away from coaching for a long time, and long and time. and what he did at ESPN, you could like not like the emails that he sent over and all that stuff, but yeah. look, he was very successful at it, and he was the highest paid guy for a long time at ESPN for a reason. The Gruden quarterback camps that he would do, all that stuff, like he 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 was really really successful at the gig. 
Bill Cowher was another guy. Man, there was rumors about Cowher coming back to the NFL for years, and I think Cowher just looked at it and was like, I, I kind of like the gig. I'm doing studio work. I'm not having to go to games. Why not? Bruce Arians did games. Uh, that didn't go too well because I think he figured out early on you can't use the F word during a live broadcast, uh, so that didn't work out for Bruce Arians. But Sean Payton strikes me as a guy that throw him in the studio – See what he has to, you know, see, you know, like let him get his feet wet a little bit. I, I think, and and this could go either way, but if I were betting money on it, I think he'd be an absolute rock star in the studio. I think he yeah. would crush it, uh, just personality-wise. I, I don't think he would pull punches. I think he would be brutally honest about officiating, brutally honest about several things in the league, and, and I feel like that would be a, a good opportunity for him if he wants it. And hand him a blank check. He could pick the network he wants to go to. They would make room for it, feels oh, like. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. And. You know, I think it could be refreshing for him. I mean, having worked with on a, a studio panel, a couple of the coaches who got out of coach and then got into TV, you can kind of see a sense of, hey, it's fun to be back around the game again. It's fun to be talking football and be a part of a team. And, and then, you know, look, in the case of Urban Meyer, he decided to go back into coaching. But, you know, you kind of got that sense, too. And, and I think the people who wherever he would go, if indeed this works out, where he's a part of a, a studio crew, You'll, they'll get the sense of it. They'll be the first ones to know, like, hey, he's got the itch for it. You know, you could kind of sense that with Coach Meyer. Uh, with Coach Stoops, different deal. You know, with the whole thing that happened or transpired with Oklahoma, you know, he really came to the rescue when they needed him most. But even through that, you kind of got the sense that, yeah, maybe, maybe he's not wanting to do this full time again. He just wants to be there for a, a university and a program that he helped build. So I think that's, you know, that's one of those deals that it helps provide visibility. It helps provide him to stay around the game of football and join a team again, but also take a breath, you know, take a break and not have to deal with the stress of everything you deal with throughout the course of an NFL season. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Also, we should mention this. Uh, obviously, um, you know, people waking up uh, on the blowtorch AM 570 LA Sports. It is the uh, two-year anniversary of the uh, the helicopter crash with uh, Kobe Bryant and the victims uh, here in Southern California in the Calabasas, uh, Agora Hills area. Uh, so, obviously, our thoughts with uh, their family. And, and you and I were on the air later on that night. That was just a bizarre day through and through. That whole show yeah. just – and, and you, you look back at it and you still can't believe that it happened and it was two years ago and then you know it was Super Bowl week remember we were in Miami that week and there was yep. just this weird yep. vibe surrounding that story at Super Bowl week so just something that has impacted uh, the world of sports and beyond so again our thoughts to uh, all the victims of that crash so ter- terrible situation through and through um, by the way uh, we are brought to you by uh, Discover if you're a valued customer you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year Discover exceptionally common sense learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply all right Coming up next, uh, the great Petros Papadakis. Uh, he is our own personal Pac-Man. Uh, who knows where the conversation goes when the old P pops on, but we will have that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. And right now we welcome in uh, every single week. He is kind enough to join us here every morning on Fox Sports Radio. He is the co-host of the Petros and Money Show on AM570 LA Sports. Fox College football analyst, the great Petros Papadakis. What's up, Pac-Man? 
Good morning, Pac-Man. Oh, God. Are we just going to start like that? Good, good morning to you guys. <laughs> hey, Pac-Man. Come on, Pac-Man. Me too, Pac-Man. <laughs> What's up, P? How's your morning? How you oh, doing? Well, I don't know. It's just started. Uh, <laughs> everything's going okay. Uh, yeah. the, the Clippers are on what is called the Grammy trip. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers are too. I guess the Kings uh, are as well, the LA Kings. And that means that uh, everybody is out of town. And the Clippers are playing on the East Coast, which on the blowtorch, AM570, we have a deal with the Clippers. Some wonder why. And <laughs> that means uh, we have a very short show today. So it's kind of like a weekend already. I mean, when you do a short show like that, are you guys having cocktails or are you just uh, still broadcast professionals? You know, I mean, uh, well, I mean, a short show doesn't necessarily mean you don't drink or you do drink. And a long show doesn't mean that alcohol is a (laughs) no-no. We've always had very loose rules when it comes to drinking on air. Yeah. Always. They do that in Europe, don't they? I mean, it's it's not frowned upon. I mean, Howard Cosell used to do it. They used to have a big glass of vodka, clear, look like water. Uh, <laughs> we don't call games like that anymore, and we really don't do the radio show like that anymore because we're older, and you have a drink in, like, the first hour, and you spend the next three hours having indigestion. But, <laughs> but, uh, but certainly, uh, certainly it is a lighter day. What is the uh, what's with the Rams uh, and in particular? And I'm not trying to get you in trouble with the uh, Rams players' wives again. But what what's with them? Uh, like, They're aiming higher now. Well, I, I mean, what is the uh, <laughs> why is this there this big hang up for them and like uh, wanting uh, we got to make sure 49er fans don't show up to this game. Got to make sure it's like they're paranoid at, at the fact that the 49er fans dwarf them at that game uh, to finish up the regular season. I've never seen a local team so fearful of, of an opposing fan base in my entire life here now, you're from here right yes yeah yeah and and but uh, you're younger than me i yeah. don't know how much younger but you're younger but you remember when the rams and the raiders left right? yes you're old enough to remember yep. that and i'm obviously old enough to remember when the rams and the raiders were here those were the nfl teams that was the landscape and all that and it's not a surprise None of this, none of the opposing fan bases being in the stands. It's not a surprise for the Chargers or the Rams, I guess, who thought that it was going to happen to a lesser degree. But it's not. This is this is football in Los Angeles. It's a city of transplanted people. They want our kids to root for the Rams. But what's happening right now is just a bad look. Uh, 49er fans in this town are like Takarias. I said this on the air. <laughs> 49er fans in this town, is it's like, uh, I mean, it's like guys driving Dodge Chargers on the freeway. Uh, you are not going to keep those things away. There is no way to keep those things out uh, of uh, of of the landscape of our town. I mean, so you, you can't really, it's like, if you want to block 49er fans, it's like you're blocking your neighbor 
your wife. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. There's there's 49ers support all over the place. And it, even if they're people from Southern California, oh, well, my parents are from Danville and we always grew up listening. I mean, that's the 49ers in this town. They're a huge deal. There's a lot of people that were front runners, like with Michael Jordan and rooted for Joe Montana and John Taylor and Jerry Rice. I mean, I was a Ram fan, believe it or not, growing up as a kid in the 80s because John Robinson, who was their head coach when they were really good in the 80s, was a USC guy. And my dad liked him, and they ran the ball, and Eric Dickerson and Greg Bell and Henry Ellard and Jim Everett and all that. And we supported the Rams. Uh, Kevin Green played linebacker yeah. for him. I mean, they were they were a lot of fun, but they just couldn't get over that hump, you know, that 49er hump. They'd get to the NFC Championship game like this, and they would lose. So uh, there's a lot of uh, scar tissue in town, I guess, when it comes to the Niners. But everything that the, that the Rams do, uh, whether it's the players' wives and now the head coach complaining about fans getting in, to a massive cavernous stadium that is a destination. I mean, it's almost like building the Hearst Castle and saying, you know, we don't, we don't want anybody to visit. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know. I Did mean, you I, say you been, got lost last time you were there? I've been lost every time I was there, <laughs> uh, which is twice. And every time I was there, I've run over cones in the parking lot. <laughs> and they are going to have some massive issues when it comes to the Super Bowl and logistics. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the same way for every city, but there's going to be some serious big event growing pains for SoFi in the, with the Super Bowl. But the viewing experience, you know, like if you're at that Dallas stadium or something like that, it's, it's a lot like that. It's a, it's a great viewing experience for, for football. But just as far as like everything they do, you know, all the stuff, the players' wives complaining, the in-game experience at the at the game, which is just an assault on the senses. Have you been to a Ram game, Jonah? It's no, ho- I've it's not horrible. been yeah. I mean, they scream <laughs> the whole time. You know, it's it's ter- it's like being at a Slipknot concert, <laughs> insane clown posse. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, and and, and you understand this because you live here, you know. Brady's a, a, a famous person, so when he walks around with his, <laughs> with his big head, he just kind of was oblivious when he first started coming out to L.A. when I met him. But a lot of people just get turned out by L.A., come here and act really stupid because that's how they think you're supposed <laughs> to out. act. Yeah, like, like Pac-Man. This is me too. Man. <laughs> you know, so people come out here oh, and man. they just I mean it happened to Freddie Mitchell for God's sake. I mean they just they flip their oh. lid, you know, ah. and the Rams organist like like the Rams draft house and then no one could go because they got COVID. <laughs> and all these freaking media people have to schlep out to Malibu in the middle. I mean, it like, it, which is the worst place ever to try to drive to. And, and one thing about Malibu that's for sure is nobody in Malibu wants you there unless you're from Malibu. <laughs> you know? and, and, so, and, and, and Sean McVay and Sneed and all those guys, the brass at the Rams, couldn't even go because they got COVID. I mean, just do your stupid draft from your stupid facility that you built, for God's sakes. What's wrong with you like so almost everything they do 
is like a guy from out of town oh, that man. comes here and then ends up <laughs> with the 21st Street Crips running a train, just like Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. Come oh, on, that's Pac-Man. Amazing. I'm a homegirl, Petros. Uh, hey. you know, on the field, great. You know, they're, they're, they're competing. They sold their draft picks. They – it's now or never. They want the Super Bowl in their own house. They want to play in it. I mean, I get all that. Uh, that's all fine. It's just the way they act off the field. It's like a real St. Louis rube. <laughs> Petros, I want to transition a little bit because um, I do think getting your thoughts on uh, Major League Baseball and their voting for the Hall of Fame. Big Poppy gets in. We're excited about that. Obviously, he's part of the Fox Sports you know, family. But just give me your take on, on Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who now are going to have to go a different route if they'll ever be able to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a Heisman vote. You know, I'm not part of the crusty kind of voting population of the media. <laughs> and I think uh, when I was thinking about that this morning, because I don't really, I'm not really like a Hall of Fame guy. I don't do a lot of Hall of Fame talk. But, and there are some people that are really into it and really into, you know, awards and who's going to win the awards. And it's part of the sports world. I get it. But uh, I've never really been that into it. But when I thought about the Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens thing and how pissed off everybody in the media is, I thought about the other thing a couple months ago that, or not even a couple months ago, the Hub Arkish and uh, Aaron Rodgers thing. <laughs> you know, he's one of these crusty guys who a lot of people respect, and he's got a vote and all that, and... Uh, he says something stupid, and Aaron Rodgers calls him a bum, and everybody goes crazy. <laughs> and it kind of pulled the the sheet off. Like we start to think about, like, well, who's voting for this? Like, who is the crusty four hundred year old person <laughs> who you know is, is so naive to think that Big Poppy has never done anything, and you know, very, you know, all those different things. Uh, I. I it's it's unfortunate because Barry Bonds and Clemens they did they did act like some pretty petulant a holes about this uh, years ago, but the media was like a dog with a bone too. I mean, I, it's hard to put yourself back in the in the time and the perspective of uh, wow, look at that guy's head. It's the size of uh, uh, an oil tanker. <laughs> you know, like uh, he didn't used to look like that. You know, but then I look in the mirror and it's like, damn, my head got pretty big. <laughs> you know, like when I was a kid and I had like a hawk-like skinny face and, uh, you know, I never did steroids. But is now that a part I look, of aging? Is that what that is? I don't know, but I don't think part of aging is like having like, extra boobs put on and like <laughs> looking all like a troglodyte. I mean, it's obvious that there was something going on. And I think everybody knows that. I mean, we've had Mark McGuire on our show and he's given these heartfelt apologies and gone on to give a great interview and became a friend of our show. And it's like, my God, it's Mark McGuire, you know? Yeah. So what? He was juiced up. You know I mean? You, you kind of, I don't know. Uh, I was, was under it? the assumption that everybody was on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 
like, weren't they kind of responsible for almost saving baseball after the strike? And after oh, no, they saved when, it. You know, that yeah. was a little bit before you were playing high school football then, Brady, and discovering your body as a young man. But <laughs> He still had that EAS sponsorship, though. No, yeah, no, no. Brady was still – Brady was like, you know, what's Brady doing in the shower so long? You know, the parents, <laughs> parents were, But in, in 1998, you know, that oh. year when, uh, when Sammy Sosa, who, who was another guy who yeah. went through, through some real transformation. <laughs> um, he has he has since by the way with Sammy Sosa I know I've seen it yeah uh, it looks like powder uh, <laughs> great movie but when when, when when Sammy Sosa and McGuire were going back and forth that was like 1998 was probably like the best season I had in college football and I remember like checking the Daily Trojan every day and looking at the home run count and all that and I wasn't that big of a seam head or anything like that but the, and I remember thinking at the time like wow these guys really saved baseball I mean you know and I was you know at 21 years old uh it, it was a real thing and it, it was a uh a kind of a huge turnaround and a big recovery at the time and maybe it took these guys to become inflated like uh those fake Kentucky fried chicken chickens without the beaks that we've been eating all these years. <laughs> and like all, all, uh, all uh, transformed and transmogrified in a, in a laboratory. But it was, I mean, Schilling doesn't get in just because he's an a-hole. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I it, mean, who's voting for this? F these people. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the 400-year-old the the yeah. crusty guys. Yeah. <laughs> the crusty guys. When it comes to baseball, by the way, I feel like that's an accurate depiction of probably who's voting. Well, they all hate each other, and yeah. I understand why, you know, baseball is a horrible grind. I never really understood it until we became the Dodger station, and you kind of get immersed in the season, and... I, I'm close with uh, people that travel with the Dodgers every day, particularly David Vasse. So you kind of get a vibe for what it is. And they're with each other every day, so they hate each other. You know, you hear, <laughs> you know there's 28 people and there's 28 cabs. You know, you always hear that. <laughs> you always hear that uh, <laughs> that analogy. You know, 28 guys, 28 cabs. You know, that's who we are. We hate each other. And uh, – you know, the media is very much the same way, you know, just because they're together all the time. I mean, I, I'm sure Bob Stoops is a nice guy, Brady, but at the end of the year, you know, and it's five in the morning and, you know, you're waking up in wherever uh, to do a, to Nebraska <laughs> to do the big noon. You know, I'm sure, you know, you're tired of see, <laughs> listening to Bob Stoops talk about the Sooners or, you know, whatever. You know, you get tired of the people that you're around all the time. Not Reggie and Matt, though. Oh, no, yeah. no, they're never. They spoon. Uh, <laughs> that's how they keep warm on those mornings, those Midwestern mornings. <laughs> I am just back, uh, backpedaling right out of this. Uh, but I just think, you know, the baseball people are just uh, really angry and really mean. And I think it's monastitized in a way that uh, we they, they can't even recognize their own greats anymore. Yeah, they, they, probably, they probably didn't spend a lot of time in the shower when they were going through that. That puberty point. I think you know. Uh, you know, they were sitting there looking through their baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, worrying about whether or not Ty Cobb was a good guy. <laughs> hey, spoiler alert: Ty Cobb was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. I mean, and, and by the way, are there not other Hall of Famers that maybe took some amphetamines or greenies back in oh, the day? Oh God! I mean, it's just, hey, look, everybody is pure as the driven snow.
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I shudder to think of what they had to put in red grains to run them out there for the barnstorming tour <laughs> when they were getting the Chicago Bears going. Oh, man. Uh, oh. Get him on Twitter, at the old P. Petros Papadakis, he is the co-host of the Petros Money Show, uh, Fox College football analyst. He is our Pac-Man uh, every single uh, Wednesday here on FSR. Which means Thanks, I'm getting Steve. I'm getting copped by my girlfriend that works <laughs> at the taco place. Look at me, Pac-Man. <laughs> this is me too, man. Oh, P, uh, we'll do it again I next just don't week. understand why she was so proud. I mean, I know, Pac-Man yeah. was upset. I, mean, I know. He'd obviously been duped. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Oh, man. Uh, P, we'll do it again next week, man. Thanks, old P. He's the All best. Right. Good night. He's the best. Uh, uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Look, man, it's going to go off the rails. It does every week. I love to it. Tell you. It's amazing. Uh, it's right. like being a passenger with, uh, I don't know, your, your like five-year-old daughter who's driving a car. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You just don't know where it's going to go, yeah. but it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, coming up next, it is the news with BQ. We'll have that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts two pros and a cup of joe fox sports radio brady quinn jonas knox with you here on fsr uh we will be back on the air same time same place tomorrow 6 a.m eastern time three o'clock pacific as we get uh, closer and closer to conference championship weekend in the nfl uh if you missed any of this uh show today you can check out the podcast afterwards foxsportsradio.com uh that'll be up uh, shortly after we are all said and done we are going to get into uh, the bq news coming up here momentarily do want to let you know we are brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's the good news? Here's Brady Quinn. All right, what do we got, superstar? Well, did you hear about the volcano eruption that occurred last week? Oh, uh, yeah. Was out? Yeah, I mean, massive eruption. It was actually crazy to see these satellite images from space, uh, which was very visible, but... It obviously impacted a lot of people out there, in particular a Tongan man who, the, the word is, he swam for more than 24 hours after a tsunami swept him out to sea. So, uh, Lasala, I believe it's pronounced Falau, 57 years old, he's a retired carpenter who, by the way, is partially disabled, and he lives on this small island called Atala. It's a population of about 60 people. Yeah. So he was painting his house on Saturday, and, and he heard he got a call from his brother about an incoming tsunami. Literally climbed up a tree to seek refuge. And, you know, that's where obviously the tsunami came in. There was a lull. He thought it was safe. However, then he got caught off guard by a massive 20-foot wave that took him out to sea. And, look, he was able to survive 
purely because he floated for a decent portion of that, but he was able to swim with the current to other another island where he was able to get help. But just an incredible story of perseverance and survival. Yeah, it's also a lie. Uh, that I don't buy that for a second. Uh, you mean to tell me the Titanic uh, can't get across the ocean, but this guy with a disability can swim for 24 hours after a tsunami. I call BS. I think this guy's a liar. This is a fraudulent story. Uh, they've, they've tried to dupe my guy, Brady Quinn, and I refuse to accept this crap or these shenanigans from people that want to spin tales and spin false yarns and stories about their survival tactics. Get out there, of there really is no explanation then for how he got to another island um, that was a, like, a certain distance away at a 24-hour like, period. What, what is he, Lieutenant Dan... Like encouraging a storm? Like is he gonna is he gonna pop up uh, after uh, you know Forrest makes some appearance on a nighttime show and then he, he kicks some woman out of his room on New Year's Eve? Like what are we talking? Like this is a lie. You, Why do you people took do this stuff? A heartfelt story and you turned into the bad guy. This is just awful. Look, just an awful side of you, Jonas. Knox. Look, I, I, I'm just saying, man. Like if you're gonna give me roses, you know, make sure uh, they're real roses. All right, don't give me something that was painted on that you uh, took out of somebody's uh, cemetery plot and then decided right. to. Pay- pretend it was a gift this next story is more up your alley okay uh two only fans models have complained that they're they're, they're feeling the pinch (laughs) in january because of well new year's resolutions to give up looking at x-rated content (laughs) online and one of one of the particular only fans models she pleaded with her four hundred thousand followers on twitter that she needs them to give up this resolution, asking if it's over yet, because they have to help support um, <laughs> them feeding their dogs and cats. By yeah. the way, how horny are you that one of your New Year's resolutions is that you're giving up looking at OnlyFans? <laughs> like, 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 at what point do you start to investigate some of the other issues you've got in your life? You know, like, uh, like, like, why are you, why are you always uh, looking around for change in your pocket? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why, why, why is there? I mean, come on, man, really? If that's a top priority, yeah, you, you've, you've got probably a lot of issues <laughs> like, that are going uh, on right now. It's like your buddy who tells you, hey, man, so I've decided I'm only going to drink four days a week. It's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> the fact that that's the scale back from where you were originally at might be part of the problem there, buddy. You know, not that I know anybody like that. Do you think if she would have claimed that this, this money is needed because it's something other than feeding her dogs and cats, do you think that was maybe a miss? On her part, yeah. I mean, like, what are we? T- like, come on. I, I, first of all, I don't even. I really don't even fully understand what OnlyFans is. Like, it, d- it, it is a subscription-based profile where you sign up, you pay a subscription, you get access. In this case, to these two particular OnlyFans models, and you pay a subscription fee a month. Okay, can because I don't want to. You know, I'm a little you know short on cash. Can I borrow your password so I can log in and at least look at it and see what it is? Like, do you mind? That uh, can I can I just use well your I've got one more quick story okay. um, that involves OnlyFans so you, you'll appreciate this. Okay. A former police lieutenant, well, she claims that she was forced to quit her job after her colleagues found out about her OnlyFans <laughs> account, where she posted some raunchy photos with her husband. Now, she did this, she says, as a way to de-stress from obviously a high-pressure job and also maybe spice up the sex life with her husband. And now she can no longer be the dream job she always wanted to be a, a police officer. I mean, listen, man, you know, it's, uh, you know, his baton is his business. You know, I don't know why, I, why we need to. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't think I'm that's gonna it. Myself today. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.